0: Oh, 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 I got a craving for you, baby, can we get
1: out of here? Oh, 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 you're a sexy machine, you're a Hollywood dream, and you got me feeling like a homecoming queen. Let's Hello, a- and welcome to the quarter to three movie podcast of The Equalizer. Uh, My name is Christian Murawski, and here I am, surprise, surprise, with Kelly Wand. Kelly Wand, do you happen to have a tagline for the movie we saw this week? Uh,
2: According to my stopwatch, it was way longer than I was hoping. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) No, let me just ask. That's uh, me doing Tom, too, by the way. uh, It's dueling Tom. Well, what I was going to ask is
1: if if Tom were here, would he ask for you to give an alternate tagline at this point? He'd do
2: so in vain. Oh, all right. Well, good enough then. Well, I haven't. eh. The other one I'm going to save for later because it's not good enough to be a tagline.
1: All right. Well, fair enough. Spoiler alert. All right. So save the other one for later. It's Um,
2: probably something I forget to say. In which case, um, once I get a website, quarter to three. What were you saying? Yes. Well, you could always tweet it out on your
1: Twitter account.
2: Mm. I've done one Twitter feed. What are they called? Tweets? Why aren't I they just don't. called Twitters? There's That's no way to I tell. Know. There's no way to tell.
1: All right. So anyway, um, so we are doing the, uh, a movie called The Equalizer this week on the Quarter 3 Movie Podcast. And let me just say a couple of quick words here uh, to those of you who usually listen to the podcast, since the format is a little bit different than usual. So uh, we wanted to say a couple of things, because usually it's three of us, and for five years it has been three of us, and only three of us. Uh, uh, Tom Chick, Christian Morosky, and Kelly Wand doing the Quarter 3 Movie Podcast. Um, uh, Tom needs to take uh, a bunch of time off. Um, and uh, I'm not going to go into a great bit of detail as to why that is right here. Um, what I would ask of you, and, and what Kelly will kelly and i kind of both agreed on is that if you would just please listen to last week's show, the september 23rd show of uh a movie called the guest uh which is a movie worth watching um and a podcast worth listening to uh but uh if you jump to the one hour and 20 minute mark um tom will give you all the details about why he needs to take a break and kelly and i i think would agree that we both feel like the explanation is best coming from Tom uh, rather than from us. So um, suffice to say uh, that Kelly and I miss him horribly right now, (laughs) as I'm sure uh, most of you do. And and we probably miss him uh, quite a bit more. Uh, No offense to any of you. Uh, And we want him back soonest. And this break that he's taking will make that possible. So uh, it, it may seem weird for us to be doing this as a duo. We know that. But we want you to rest assured that this is totally Tom sanctioned. So don't worry about uh, us being carted off by the uh, three by three uh, policeman cop dude, uh, um, because uh, this uh, this is totally sanctioned by Tom. And actually, speaking of the three by three, uh, we will continue with that feature of the show upon Tom's triumphant return, because uh, that just makes sense. uh it, we're not going to do a two by two because that just sounds dumb, uh, unless you're Noah, um, and uh, we uh, we simply couldn't find a Britney Spears song to fit to it. So uh, three by three will return when Tom returns. In, in the meantime, uh, we just ask your patience with our shorter version of the show. It's going to be shorter because there's no, going to be no three by three, and there's just two of us talking. Uh, and most of all, as Tom intimated last week, um, you, our listeners, are the reasons we're still here. Uh, you've made this a huge part of our lives, and you are extremely important to us. And we love you like crazy. So, uh, uh, thank you for listening. Um, and above that, um, I just want to say um, thank you for the tremendous outpouring of support for Tom this week. Um, we can't tell you how touched he is, and how much we are. Uh, but that support, which was not—it's not a surprise—you guys are awesome. Best listeners ever, Um, but it was—it's overwhelming and humil—and and uh, and, uh, humbling. Sorry, and it's encouraging. It's the same. So thank you so much. And he gets it. He receives all that. Yeah, um, it's a—it's a really big deal. You guys are awesome. So anyway, uh, all right then, let me get us back on track. Um, So uh,
2: this week we saw the Equalizer. Oh wait, I have an IMDb.
1: No, not quite yet. Hold on.
2: Okay. okay, sorry, sir. No worries. Forgot.
1: <laughs> I have to tell people what we saw, Kelly.
2: I meant to interrupt Tom. <laughs> uh just interrupting you. Uh, I'm used to, yeah, we need to do more of that. Uh,
1: this week we saw The Equalizer, a uh, 2014 American action crime thriller movie uh, about a man about whom everything is wrong and a magically
2: disappearing girl. No, wait, the IMDb Opsis, not the Opsis Opsis. That's oh. not
0: later. Oops
2: it's from Tom, so I thought it would just tie segue.
1: Oh in. wait, yeah. Tom actually requested you to do an IMDb in particular
2: reading. Yeah, yeah, he, he had an offer. Well, by all means, get on that. Okay, not that equalizer is not super. All right, so
1: we work. so we have we had a, a weekly feature of the show that we started within the last uh, I don't know a month, maybe two months, uh, where Kelly does an awesome dramatic reading of an IMDb <laughs> synopsis. <laughs> Those aren't my words for that. Uh, this is my. Those are my words. Uh, uh, dramatic. Me, Mr. Morosky. Uh, yeah. uh, Kelly Wan does a, a reading, and and sometimes a reader, uh, or listener rather, will give us uh, give Kelly a uh, request for which IMDb synopsis he's going to read. Um, and, and in this case, Tom Chick has made a specific request for Kelly to do this particular IMDb synopsis. So go ahead, Kelly Wan.
2: I mean, it's not, I'm not just going to do every single thing he uh, lobs me, obviously. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> no, 90% of it's terrible, usually. We trust your discretion. Go ahead. But this one's really good, I thought. Uh, wait, so is the guessing? You're not going to guess this, because I don't... Okay, here we go. Nine men and women gather at a house party. The men are disappointed with a woman's appearance. People try to lighten the mood, but there is an awkwardness. The house party ends... Dates among the nine men and women begin. Tom picked that for tonight. uh, From the movie, is it from the movie? You're next. No, that's ten people. (laughs) My mistake. And it's not a house party. It's a mansion (laughs) party.
1: (laughs) And and there's not many dates after the party, I don't think.
2: So uh, so what? Oh, the movie's called Vortex of Love. What? Tom didn't give context for why he picked it or what the mo- whether he likes the movie or not, but clearly he liked it enough. Clearly Tom found the, the words Vortex of Love on the internet through his own means, and I just uh, carried the ball off the field over the cliff. <laughs> How about me, Coach? Aw, see? Sports. We're both, <laughs> see, that's what Tom never got about us, is we're both athletes. That's right. And mathletes. So, wait,
1: you're telling me that Tom made you do a synopsis for a movie called Vortex of Love?
2: Yeah. <laughs> it's the first time I heard from him in a couple of days. It's here. That was it. That's is that your impression of Tom? Her. Well, that's how the email was. We, we talked tonight. He can he can still talk good. All right, that's um, fine. But the email was simply here. Vortex of Love need have no context, I think he would say. I will will honor his wishes for you to read the book. That's what just happened was Tom's desire. So, Vortex (laughs) of Love, you're welcome from Tom. (laughs) All right. (laughs) A
1: love letter to the listener. Better than ever. All right, good.
2: (laughs) Cast. All right, that's awesome. All right. All right,
1: so anyway, now I'm going to go ahead and tell us what we saw, as I do every week. Usually Tom says, Dingus, what did we see?" And so I'm going to say, this week we saw The Equalizer, a 2014 American action crime thriller movie about a man about whom everything is wrong and a magically disappearing girl. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) be more specific. No, I will not. She's not specific, so why should I be? Uh, It was directed by Antoine Fuqua. And written by Richard Wenk, based Ugh. on the television series of the same name, written by Michael Sloan and Richard Lindheim. It stars Denzel Washington, Martin Sokas, David Harbour, and sort of Chloe Grace Moritz, or as some people call her Chloe, Chloe Moritz Grace.
2: Oh my god, that's who that was? That's
1: who that was, sort of. Oh,
2: she's everywhere.
1: Not she's everywhere, everywhere in this movie.
2: Everywhere. <laughs> I'm uh, for you, J. Lore. That's what she's thinking. Insane. Yeah, that's my theory. Good
1: luck with um, that. The equalizer is rated R for uh, strong, bloody God. violence, Spence. sound language, and language throughout. Not sound. Why are you doing that? And language throughout, including some sexual references.
2: Because they don't show anything. You just hear the chook. You're supposed to go, oh, God. May, may, like may. celery. Ugh. Okay, okay start. sorry. Don't what? tip your hand yet. Hold on. I don't. <laughs> That's hand tipping? Celery? Yeah. That's yeah. true. Touche. Celery
1: hand tipping. Right, I don't know what
2: kind of sexual references are related. Disregard my celery reference. I apologize. Um, too soon for celery. It is way too soon for celery. Uh,
1: so uh, Tom handed me a bunch of numbers uh, for this movie.
2: <laughs> Was that what you were... Before the podcast, going no, we talked about this. No numbers. Like he tried to get out of the math part. But he's yeah. like, no. Well, he's
1: he. There's going to be math at the
2: debates, as it turns out. Um. So, uh,
1: the um the equalizer has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 59.
2: Ugh.
1: And Metacritic, uh, which is a blah 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 of all the blah blah blah. Tom says this much better than I do. So I'll I'll. I'll learn the pattern. So a uh, Metacritic score for the Equalizer is 57. Uh, anyway, this, uh, the but Equalizer opened, opened huge. It opened at number one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Weekend, soft weekend. With 30 That's a- million. Oh. Not That's soft, Kelly. That's a- it's worth, the, the, these are all solid numbers that Tom has handed me. That no, no, I, agree. I should just say our research staff here at quarter to three handed me these numbers they're hot off the presses and this is the fourth biggest september opening uh the number the first one is hotel transylvania it's the number one uh the second one would be insidious two and the third is sweet home alabama so this is fourth Sweet home alabama those are interesting notes this is a huge opening for this movie they did not expect this movie to open this big
2: wait how far behind sweet home alabama was equalizer
1: uh, well, Sweet Home Alabama was 35.1, and this one is 35.
2: Oh, oh. I actually have no idea if that's Better Rivals. Wait, what was the second one?
1: Uh, the second one was Insidious 2. <laughs>
2: <laughs> First question, there's an Insidious 2?
1: <laughs> You've seen it, come
2: on. I haven't seen either of them. I get them mixed up with Sinister. I get all the one name. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Annabelle. If it was an adjective, I'd get confused with those.
1: And I can't remember which one has Vincent D'Onofrio on online.
2: Do you have any thoughts on those numbers, Dingus? You're, this is your chance to discuss your own math theory. Uh, I'm not going to tip my hands. I don't. I don't
1: have any thoughts. I don't. I don't understand them. Rotten Tomatoes, and well, they're they're right in line. Fifty nine, fifty seven. They're very close. There's no weird number inversion or anything. Um, so I'm not going to say how I feel about it uh, until after I hear um, you talk. Wait, is there – there's there's something that you can do. I don't know what it is. Like some <laughs> sort of a plot summary. I don't know what you would call it. You don't? No, what would you call it? I'm not going to guess. Tom guesses. Uh, I'm not going to guess. Why?
2: Why? Because guessing's not cool.
1: Uh, because I have no idea what we, what you can possibly do to uh, bend around the word equalizer.
2: I couldn't really. But that makes it easier to guess because I have so few ways to go. Um, so are, are we talking really... an equalopsis? What are we doing here? See, that would be Tom's guess. So that's a good Tom guess. Right. I, I'm trying to I, chanel- I think he tries to guess wrong a lot. And I'm not convinced you would have. It's equalizopsis. Oh, Equalizopsis, that's good. All right, well, uh, uh,
1: we have been waiting for this all day, and all week, and all year. Um, Kelly Wand, uh, go ahead and take on the Equalizopsis.
2: The Equalizopsis. There are no words except ones that say the Equalizer, even though his adversaries are never equal, because this was a TV series, which by definition never has fair fights. Also, satellite dishes look bull-shaped to me now, so maybe get on that. Denzel's in a commissary. He's all... (laughs) <laughs> Jorge, are those marbles and rusty nails in your sandwich? Sorry, Mr. Washington, but you told me to eat more iron, see? <laughs> Classic Jorge. You never know when you're going to make paperweight. Oh, God. <laughs> you know you're never going to make paperweight unless you drag a tie around the track of the local high school with me every morning. Now, if you ever want to be a real cop Sunday, you know they'll eat healthy vegan food. Okay. Gosh, mister Dub, where do you eat every night? <laughs> Some greasy spoon run by a corrupt fireman. That night at International House of Firemen's street hooker Selma Blair's all.
0: Hey, mister Washington, what you reading books without any cover art for? They got blogs nowadays that let you upload dance movie soundtracks. <laughs> Well, after my wife saw Book of Eli, she compiled a list of 100 books she suddenly decided everyone should read.
2: She got up to 98. Figured I'd honor her wishes.
0: No way! You're going to read the last two books on a list and complete a life's dream? That's so romantic.
2: No, I, uh, I read the whole list, uh, starting with number one. This is 90. (sighs) Your way would have been better. (laughs) Since Denzel Washington fights crime on the side... For no real reason, and needs a lot of resources. He works as a forklift greeter at Costco, which has no security, because they're all waiting on the fat guy to pass his sandwich test. Despite this, the store gets held up or stormed by Russian gangsters on a daily basis. One day, as covered in lengthy detail in the trailer, a dude holds up the store, which Denzel doesn't care about till the guy decides he needs the female cashier's engagement ring. <laughs> Too far that annoys denzel so he enters slow motion mode but a kid comes into the store along with the mom they both ignore the hold up man looks like denzel's fucked nope wait the dude parked close and reverses right up to the front entrance so denzel gets his license plate or the license plate of whoever's car it is instead of just telling the cops the license plate number denzel borrows a hammer from costco's hardware aisle (laughs) Kills the guy with it, ostensibly drops the ring back in the cash register for the cashier to find, and I guess not mentioned to the cop she presumably described the holdup to. <laughs> what the fuck? That's all in the trailer, by the way. Every single thing I just. No way! You're I swear me. to God, they show the ha- they show the ring, they show the- her finding at the cash register, <laughs> they show the license plate. It's so weird. <laughs> like, ah, this is the money. Here he comes. Look at him take the hammer off that shelf. Then Denzel wipes the hammer down with a towel, presumably also borrowed, and strolls off, wiping his hands with a big smile, and says, justice served. Really, dude? You can't just buy a hammer? Meanwhile, back at the diner, Denzel starts his stopwatch, organizes his silverware, then stops the stopwatch and goes, "Mm, 13 seconds, uh, carry the 20. Hey, Mr. W, what you reading?
0: The Silmarillion? What the fuck's that, a YA book for grown-ups?
2: He starts his stopwatch and goes, <laughs> He stops the watch, looks at the time and frowns. Then he's all, Now Selma, you know eating all that sodium bicarbonate's bad for that heart of gold of yours. Ah, shucks, Mr. W. Hey, can you give away
0: the ending of all the books to read so I don't have to read them? Does Bilbo kill the dragon?
2: <laughs> no, he gets shot with an arrow by a character you never heard of. Just like the Equalizer. Then everybody fights over the golden dies. Then some eagles show up. It's a classic. Willow Crews, so it's a happy ending? I'm still not listening. Uh, then the guy's nephew has to throw a ring into a volcano, but a cannibal trips into the volcano. Then some eagles show up. Gosh, Mr. W, history's boring. Why don't they just all be friends? Well, volcano's gotta be the volcano. Eagles gotta be the eagle. Denzel goes to work. Some dipshits he works with keep hassling him for what job he had last. I'll never ask that. He tells them he was one of the monkeys, so they download an app. He goes back to the goddamn diner. Hey, Mr. W., what's that book with the red
0: cover? Uh, It's irrelevant. Speaking of which, I made you this mixtape, just like The Guest. (laughs) I assume we have the same taste in music, since we love the same food. Her phone rings. She's all, hello? Salvi. no, please. That guy always beats me up. Can't you find somebody else like my crying best friend character?
2: It's like Edith Bunker as (laughs) Chloe Grissman. She cries and runs away while Denzel walks along behind her. Uh, A fur-coated limo pulls up. Some dudes get out and, since she's a valuable asset, punch her in the face. Denzel looks so disapproving, they give him a business card that says Russian hookers on it. Then the car drives away, and he ignores the license number since they gave him the card. (laughs) It kind of picked up. He goes to a Russian office and tries to give the Russians nine grand. I guess he borrowed from Costco's cash register. So they'll pick on chicks he doesn't spoil book endings to. Like
0: well, who's he... Never
2: Instead of shooting him, they laugh, so he rearranges some desk skulls, then the guy's door, then kills them all with bartending implements. Then he raises his stopwatch and goes, damn, forgot to set it. The mob sends a guy to kill him who looks like a Russian version of Carl Irvin's chin in dread. <laughs> did you like that guy (laughs) Douglas? well they're both (sighs) it's Martin Sokus come on oh he looked like um, they've both been in Bourne movies (laughs) he looked like Agent Smith (laughs) they both have they
1: both have very much um, Lord of the Rings chins let's say that it's
2: it's Celeborn that was Celeborn no it's not oh that's Agent so it is Agent Smith you're right it's What's his name? From Matrix, you mean? Hugo Weaving?
1: No, no, Hugo Weaving is not. Oh, it's,
2: it's, Elrond. One. All right, it's whatever. Elrond. are Elrond. How dare you? How dare <laughs> you mix your elves up? They're two different forests. <sighs> Lee Pace is the only elf character in Lord of the Rings I care about. And the only character
1: you care about in Guardians of
2: the Galaxy. I yeah. Everything. Uh, <laughs> Denzel fakes air sickness by boiling honey on his leg. <laughs> Getting back to the Opsis. I lean over to the music sitting beside me and go, he doesn't use the stopwatch as a timer when he boils stuff. Denzel persuades the bouncer to take him into a warehouse full of sweatshop gunmen by getting him hooked on carbon monoxide. He somehow manages to overpower the 90 gunmen off-screen without firing a shot, then fires all the old ladies who work there, gives them a couple 20s for their decades of service, and sends them out into the streets to get robbed. Denzel Washington tricks the Russian by taking pictures of him in his car, then goes to a house that has Bill Pullman and an old lady in it. (laughs) How dare you? How dare you? What? It's Helen Mirren, right? It is not! It is not! It's, um... Patricia... It's Melissa Leo! Come on! Don't make like me uh, come over there, I swear oh. to
1: you. Well, by the way, Helen Mirren is is damn sexy, so shush.
2: No, oh, what do you say about Melissa Leo? That's, that's uh, me. See Melissa what you just Leo, said? She's, uh,
1: she's no Helen Mirren. Let me just
2: say that. Uh, Helen Mirren and him talk about nothing until the old lady tells him, Yep, he's Russian. she's not old i guess melissa leo right but she's like the mom and whatchamacallit, the fighter if she yeah gets she is she mail, she's up there she can't be much older than us i mean come on she's, she's old be stuck. In- hmm? i lean over to the poorly lit gunfight sitting beside me and go if you had time to dig the dude's picture in his car couldn't you just shot him and couldn't they just fax him this information the gunfight's all the old lady's got to be the old lady Then it starts its stopwatch and stares at me. Denzel Washington teaches the police to stop being corrupt by blowing up a pipeline. In slow motion. Dingus, I didn't understand that part. We have to discuss that. The Russians somehow know which couple characters at Costco he's friends with and kidnap them at Costco. Were they all working that day? He tricks them back by turning out all the lights so their night vision goggles are useless. Over the PA system, he's all. <laughs> PA system's gotta be the PA system. A bunch of stuff in the dark happens. The music's all, you'll never guess who wins. Denzel outwits guys with laser sights and assault weapons by power drilling one of them in the back of the head. The rest die, too. Denzel goes back to Fireman's Junction. Hooker's all. Hey,
0: Mr. W. Look, I'm wearing age-appropriate
2: clothing. He's all. He's <laughs> all. She's all,
0: I guess my music career's really taken off now that I'm wearing this backpack. Yikesabee, what you reading now?
2: Dwayne Johnson, My Life in Pictures, A Poisonal Journey. Does it have a happy ending? He composes a laptop ad that says, Need help? No details required. Best Denzel. P.S. I work at Costco. A week later, he has exactly one response. It's all, Hey, the vagueness of your Craigslist ad gave me faith in your abilities. Can you help me? He types, Yeah, what you need. Craigslist is all I'm the head of a Russian mafia this Costco greeter keeps killing all my gunmen can you please shoot him for me he types heh. heh. a newspaper's all Moscow and Craigslist declared saviors of the city the end <laughs> okay so quiet without Tom's polite laughter you only have my rude laughter uh, you're too quiet a laugher you need to laugh for two <laughs> three,
1: actually. <laughs> I will learn to laugh for two. Can't do it with uh, I am pregnant with
2: laughter for you, Kelly Wand. <sighs> anyway, so the movie. Uh
1: yeah, so the movie. So um uh, do you wanna go first? Do you want to tell you wanna say what you thought
2: of the thing? Uh you told me you didn't make Tom see it. No, I didn't.
1: Um well first of all, uh where do you stand on the uh Antoine Fuqua Oeuvre?
2: I like um, Training Day a lot, although it kind of jumps the shark at the end. And I kind of wondered if this movie was like a rematch between Denzel and the Russians from Training Day ending. Right, right. Which was like the shark jump ending part. Like, wait, what? That happened? And then it's like this whole movie's wait, what happened? That.
1: What do you mean it jumps? What do you mean Training Day jumps the shark? I, I mean, I don't it's... want to give away too much about Training Day. and I mean, it's an older movie, but uh-huh. what do you mean it jumps the shark? Because I, I mean, I watched most of it this week just to get a sense of the, the, the atmospheric stuff that Antoine
2: Foucault was going for. Um, I think it should end with him and Ethan Hawke fighting to the death instead of what winds up resolving the Denzel Washington storyline in that movie, which apparently but, was at his request.
1: I his right, request like,
2: was that he'd be taken out by Russian gangsters rather than, yeah, or definitely he had to die. Yeah. Um, but I didn't see our wait, you know which there's an anton Fuca movie that I kind of like. I kind of like King Arthur for some reason, you don't know it's kind of dumb. oh, I like
1: that movie a lot, actually, you yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that i a lot. I was totally surprised at liking King Arthur, and I felt pretty embarrassed by liking it, but I think uh, first of all, the cast
2: is phenomenal, yeah, and I, I think it's got a it and I kind of like it. yeah, yeah, I think it's I think it does a lot of really cool stuff, it's Maryland this isn't King Arthur, and then but it's kind of a good movie. Yeah, it's I think it's a really good move. And it isn't a good idea. That's that one of, like the first
1: times we see Kevin Durand and I I, mean, I really like that guy. I think he's in it. I mean, I don't am not I, mean, I might be wrong about that, but I just remember being so shocked by how great the cast was and how interesting sort of the take on King Arthur was and that and and now that you bring it up and I actually forgot this. I remember Antoine Foucault going, "Well, I made training day. Now, the studio is probably just going to make me do a bunch of urban stuff." And then they they put king arthur in his lap and he and he was delighted uh but i remember really liking that too
2: i remember he had in his director's cut like it ends with funerals or something but they made him put in a wedding with clive owen and um knightley all right and he's like well a bunch of people just died It seemed weird they'd have a wedding on that day but you know it's what they want whatever it's kind of like when uh what was his name Oh, yeah bad Santa when they when the studio made Terry's work off put in like a happy there kind of, oh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. just mandate them but I'm sorry what were you
1: gonna say I was right uh no, I was just going to ask uh, what you' I was going ask you to sort of establish your antoine fuqua uh bona fide. Uh
2: what am I forgetting? What's more recent?
1: Uh, I don't know. I keep wanting to I say like harsh times, before. but that might be David Ayers. Um,
2: uh, but I'm forgetting something big I'm in trouble for.
1: I am, too. Sorry about that.
2: <laughs> what are we doing um, a podcast for?
1: Who are we? <laughs> who knows? Um, but just as far as this movie is concerned, and like so I, so I wanted to establish that... Uh, I mean, I really, really like Training Day. I think it's very, very well made. Um, I think that uh, it's weird that Denzel gets best actor for it when the protagonist is clearly um, Ethan Hawke's character, because he's the guy.
2: Well, the protagonist doesn't necessarily have to be...
1: Yeah, I know, but nevertheless, I often think of the the hero as being like the best actor of it. Um, but is I think he's, I think watching it again, he's phenomenal in it, and it's weird to see him doing this stuff here. So, what did you? I mean, what did you? Oh,
0: think he made of... Olympus is Fallen.
2: Fuck, I hated that thing. It's funny. <laughs> this movie's kind of like that, actually. Now I kind of get it. Mm-hmm. Right. There is a little s- stupid home invasion shit at the end that's similar to Olympus is Fallen, where he doesn't use environment but really. Very well. Even though in King Arthur he did really, really well, and so did in Training Day. Like all, those all felt like real places. Right. And, they, and uh, this movie didn't. Okay, what were you saying?
1: Sorry, I was just going to ask you what you think of the movie overall. What do you think of The Equalizer? Are you? Are
2: you- uh, I thought it was boring and so fucking long, and um, I didn't like anything in it. You didn't like anything in it. I liked Denzel's. Acting—it's just felt—it felt very formulaic and boring, yeah, and um, predictable and kind of random. Like the whole thing's just about what you would think. It would take him a day to handle.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I'm—you know—I'm so happy you said that. I mean, it really—it really is super long, and there's not a thing that surprises you that happens. Yeah, there's not a—you know—I kept sort of. Trying to come up with twists in my head as it went on, and the,
2: the but you're right. Um, He's never faced with a very complicated problem either, where it's like, oh, how is the how is the equalizer's philosophy going to be challenged by this turn of events? And it's not. It's just like him taking dudes out. Uh, well, well, he doesn't evolve.
1: He, well, he does. I mean, the the problem is. I mean, I think he does evolve. The, the problem is that if you're going to open the movie with that Mark Twain quote. Um, <laughs>
2: I forgot about that. <laughs> <Yeah. Damn it.
1: laughs>
2: All right. Well, you know, the, the movie opens with, the this, approximation.
1: with this Mark Twain quote, which is, you know, the two most important days in your life are the day you're born and the day you find out why. Which is intriguing that you know, whenever oh, somebody opens, yeah. You
2: know. What'd you say? Well, well, he knows that at the beginning of the movie. Well, no, he doesn't, uh, because old Man's he. Got he the old man.
1: He's escaped from who he thought he was. And then at the very end, that whole like Craigslist thing is is supposed to be – I mean, this is like an origin story, I think, which is why I was really excited oh. to talk to you and why well, I hope uh, – I don't think Tom needs to see this movie. It's not no. – you know, I don't think it's worth his time. But what I, what I would have liked to have heard uh, Tom say as well as you because both of you uh, have talked in the past about how origin stories are wearing thin on you and, and I like them and when we get to the end we realize this is an origin story this is like going back to that television series and going this is where the guy comes from because he's going on Craigslist and saying hey do you have any problems yes I do can you help me with it yes I can um, so he's he's basically found out why he's here It's it wasn't all that stuff he did for the CIA it's to help normal people live their lives It's to become a vigilante or however you want to put it so that's what he's figured out um, the problem is that the opening quote makes it seem like there's this day and that day. And so I think that like training day and like you're awesome three by three from a few weeks ago, this should have all been in one day. Yeah. Like dread. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this should have been a one day movie and it's not, it just drags on and on and yeah. on. Um, and it, and maybe some of the things that could have happened MacGyver, like that he does would have been difficult to stretch in one like day, that, but it. What'd you
2: say? Yeah, I, the, well, like, the like what are his skills in making shit out of stuff? Chemistry. Because some so, of his feints fail later, but I also didn't, he didn't... I didn't like his lines, really. I don't know. His lines? Yeah, I didn't think... It seemed like he, was having, he had applause lines, but they, they weren't
1: good. Well, do you think that the lines aren't good, or do you
2: think that Denzel just doesn't bother to punch them? Mm, I think he was improvising them. Oh. And it's still not good. I like origin stories when they're also good, like, otherwise... Like, Evil Dead 2 is an origin story for Bruce Campbell, it turns out. Yeah. But in this, if I'm supposed to just assume, just take for granted that this is going to be an interesting character because he takes two hours and 20 minutes of screen time to get to the Mark Twain quote... Right. Then I'll be sustained by either the action... The action and or the dialogue, and I didn't like either one of those categories. Right. Um, but wait, so you would have liked more gadgetry and more... Um...
1: Well, no, not necessarily. I mean, once we get to Home Depot at the end, I was th- I was completely expecting you to make sort of a Home Depot alone uh, joke. Um, uh, because he's just <laughs> doing like a whole bunch of... Oh, booby things. traps. Yeah, booby traps like Macaulay Culkin would have done, but in a in a giant warehouse where he can turn on and off the lights. Right, he feels like it, um, and it just takes. Two, I mean, the second act. Uh, you know, the person I saw it with just kept going. Are we at the third act yet? Are we at the third act yet? Uh. And I kept going. I think we are um, because I thought what was going to happen in the third act. Uh, was that uh, they were going to take uh, the female lead hostage, as always happens in these movies? But instead, they just abandon her for ninety percent of the movie. Wait, Chloe? You mean? Yeah, I mean the the logical thing that happens in all of these movies. This is the one time the movie or they get put
2: people. in the hospital and it's vengeance, and that's well, hospital. she's just you that's know she just ways. disappears.
1: She's she's been put in the hospital. Nobody can right. see where she is. Um, I presumed that Denzel. Uh, that Robert had removed her and hidden her somewhere. Um, there's no reason why the why this Russian dude who can figure out everything in the world can't find her. Uh, we never find out where she goes. We never find out why she's gone. And usually what happens is that she gets taken hostage and he has to bargain for her. But instead it's just the security guard and Jenny and some random other people from Home Despot. So I, I, I have no idea what in the world is going on with that. And it just takes, so long to get there. So, no, I don't want more gadgets, necessarily. Well,
2: get strangled, so instead of the hostage race against time thing you're talking about, you get him not even knowing this other chick exists, and he doesn't help who gets strangled at by the Russian guy.
1: Well, he met her, and he was nice to her, and, and he made an impression on her, but oh, yeah. No. She,
2: what did we get out of that? that? It's another body.
1: Yeah, yeah. There's nothing really there other than she's another basically... She master. cried and died. <laughs> exactly. And she also gives Martin Sokas a little bit of extra information so that he can find Denzel Washington. Basically, she, she tells him that he's black. I mean, she provides him with the information that yeah. the guy who came to visit Alina was a black dude, and Martin Sokus was like, oh, well, there's only one black dude who ever entered the Russian club, and now I'm going to find him. Um, oh, you so strangled a little here. I'm
2: going to go to uh, Helen Mirren's house. And Bill Pullman! Explain the Bill Pullman thing. Bill Pullman... I- Dude, I can't explain why the two of them show up. It's so Are they supposed to be such great Okay, so it's based on a TV series that I've never he- even heard of or watched. I guess it was with a British dude. Yeah,
1: yeah. Did did you watch it ever? No, you- no, no. It was something that my parents would have watched. I mean, it's right, okay. so was they're- back in the era of when when the heroes of television series were old people. Uh now they have to be teenagers. We were kids.
2: Yeah, now we're old and they're young. But um I'm assuming that the Bill, the, Pol- the Bill Pullman thing was so arbitrary and, like, and Melissa Leo, like, I'm cl- obviously they were on the TV series and they're supposed to be fan. Oh, really? Uh, I'm just assuming just because that's the only explanation that occurs to me. Like, I didn't even care enough to look it up to find that out. Well, it certainly makes no sense and it's just a waste of time. like
1: Exposition. Going out there and having her helicopter go out there—I mean, there, this isn't all of the, the any of the information that she hands him in that file is stuff that you know because he's the super secret, amazing dude could have found out on his own if the screenwriter's right.
0: bothered. Yeah, now he said
2: suddenly- I cannot,
1: for the life of me, figure out why we divert out to their estate. That's so. Here's a
2: file. Yeah. Oh, they had it under the file. Okay, now I'm invested. Right. I hope they're in it more. Because okay. they they hand him files, so... And then nothing... Mr. Ever- Pullman, here's the script. You do something very important that the character in the third act realizes for the, about the antagonist. Okay, what were you saying?
1: The only thing I can think is that they're kind of trying to do, like, an American James Bond and hoping to get a franchise out of it, and that, that she can be M and he can be Q. I don't know. Yeah... Other than that, I do not, I cannot for the life of me figure out why those two show up. Because when they showed up, I kind of sat up and went, what? What? They're here? Why are they here? And by the way, Bill Pullman looks like he could be playing Robin
2: Williams all of a sudden. I mean, yeah. it,
0: it's I, so weird. Why are they here?
2: I don't know. It was a strange, It was strange that they would want to be there. Like, oh, yeah, this could be the beginning of something long and fruitful.
1: Well, let me let me ask you this: um, What do you think of? Because I, 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 what do you think of Chloe Grace Moritz in this movie?
2: Of of uh, her as an actress and of her of her character in it? I feel like I've never liked her in anything. Well, well you like that chick, girl. Yeah, I did. Except that, the first one. I don't like the second one.
1: Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't see the second one. And
2: you? Oh, that's right. You didn't like, like we neither. None of us liked Carrie. I don't think. No, she's totally miscast. She definitely didn't. Like, Dan Stevens in The Guest, I think, was playing against type, but clearly Grace Moritz, I don't think, plays. I don't know. She's too. <laughs> she's too what? I... She doesn't seem willing to want to convince us that she would have been a social misfit in high school. Mm. So, like, Carrie. I saw less of that here, actually. Like, I'll give her props. Like, I think I liked her in this more than I liked her in Carrie. But that's sort of a backhanded compliment. I don't know, it's such a shitty role, though, so... Well, that's what I was going to ask, because a lot of the time you're willing to give actors leeway and blame writers for... I blame the writer. I'll give her a free pass on this. But I didn't think she was good. I mean, she doesn't get to do anything very exciting. I don't
1: don't understand why an actor... Uh, of her stature, and she's she's been the lead in movies. And why, other than getting to work with Denzel, um, why she's playing a role where she disappears for most of the movie because she's gone?
2: Well, she's in it a lot at the beginning.
1: Yeah, barely. I mean, she goes and she sits at the counter and she banter's.
2: There's a lot of that.
1: There's this, this awesome is, moment this where she scary. sits down with him, and she says this great thing like th- there's this thing that intrigued me for a moment where she says, uh, "Am I breaking protocol?" which was a lovely sort of we have a we have a we have this thing that goes on that's sort of like the leon the professional kind of a feel um, and then that goes nowhere, and then she gets beat up and she's gone yeah so w- from my point of view one i don't understand why this actress is and, and you know, I've, I've said this before, because out of concern for her career, because I really liked her in a couple of things early on. Um, why she's taking a role where she disappears for most of the movie? And why they write a role where she disappears for the most of the movie? And furthermore, that this—what uh, I'm really sort of queasy about—is—are are we still writing movies where we're just going to torture women and? have men rescue them and and just sort of treat them as these throwaway objects because that's what this movie feels like it's doing
2: no because the other chick handed him a file (laughs) that's a good point yeah so it's equal time um there's a lot of it you're right because the other chick gets strangled really slowly like it's a really long scene and you know where it's going and it's just like another five minutes of shit getting punched or crushed or mangled i don't know know. some dudes get it but it seems like she's strangled on screen but the guys you you don't see like you don't get to see the power drill go in you know
1: what i'm saying
2: yeah there's this long yeah you're right there's this long big shots of weapon just getting wasted
1: of a woman being strangled and then there's this sort of already shot from outside the apartment of martin sokus like cleaning himself up while a woman downstairs is cleaning off uh, a barbecue grill which is sort of this from an external point of view it's kind of oh daily life goes on and meanwhile there's horror going on upstairs but nevertheless it's like a woman getting strangled upstairs and a woman cleaning something downstairs and i just thought that's like
2: gosford park
1: well very good
2: uh, it, it just it just it feels like
1: we, we gotta be past this point where where women are getting tortured and victimized and that's like the fodder for uh, a hero origin story uh i don't know it just
2: it just well, felt so a, it, yeah it's i hadn't seen something like that in a while though like i thought they i hadn't seen women get strangled as much lately <laughs> for kicks in studio pot boilers, Like, I don't... Yeah. Th- Wait, you know what, though? In Olympus Has Fallen, there's that one chick who gets dragged around the hallways and does... And, like, starts... Um, oh, that's Melissa Leo, isn't it? Right, see? Oh. All right. She doesn't get strangled. I guess no, it all She gets out the crap
1: beat out of her.
2: But that that...
1: I didn't feel because it, it felt like it, it felt tough to me it felt they felt like not yeah. like a, necessarily like a i mean it felt like any any character being beat up and she was just taking it and she wasn't going to give up the missile code or whatever she was supposed to give up in that movie uh she was uh she was a tough character and she played a, actually you know if i kind of liked her character in this movie i just don't understand why she cropped up out of nowhere it's just that this sort of like you know Russian mafia, Russian hookers. We're just going to victimize women, beat them up, and that's going to. Wait, then why just, did you like, like her character? I like this idea that that she was this, uh, that she had been his CIA uh, runner or or his uh, his boss in the CIA, and she doesn't work there anymore, but she just still does consulting, and she can fly off at a moment's notice, get the information that he needs, and give it to him, and then she tells Bill Pullman uh, he wasn't. Uh, he was just he was he was asking for permission um, and I basically gave him permission to take out these cops and take out everybody uh, and she has the authority to do that she's just a, like this woman of power and i and I think that I think that Melissa Leo has the um, the sort
2: gravitas.
1: of the gravitas the bearing to be able to, to, to take that on and I like the fact that Bill Pullman sort of seems like uh, her partner but her sort of like I will do uh, you know her lesser in in a certain way. Or He's not, in it less. Yeah, well, certainly. So like, I, I did not. Like, I just don't understand why she shows up and she's just not doing anything. It's just a weird the the male female balance in this movie is really weird to me because the because of the way the women are victimized, It's just weird.
2: Uh, well, cause, yeah, because Keira Knightley was a fucking badass Celtic warrior in King Arthur. Yeah. yeah. And
1: uh, um. um so you know early on you you kind of uh, i kind of shut you down when we were talking about the rating a little bit um i don't remember that uh <laughs> well you i did. don't understand yeah i do i i i was just like because i wanted to save a little bit of that for this point because i know that uh, whether it's R or pg-13 matters to you does it matter here
2: uh my low, my bar's gotten pretty low on that um it gets slower every year, because there's so many different... Like, The Dark Knight somehow feels like an edgier movie than a lot of R's. Like, The Conjurings R, isn't it? Yes. Uh, uh, I don't remember. It's, it's hard to talk... So why many, am I invoking that movie? Well, I don't
1: know, but so many R's this year have been soft R's. Yeah. Um, and this one has a
2: weird... There's a lot of squishy sounds in it. yeah. It's a loud movie, and for some reason I saw it in IMAX. I think because the timing. What? I know. I felt stupid even saying it. It was like twenty bucks to see the fucking. Are you kidding? Is I just go uh, fine. All right, it's seven dollars more for pretty much the same size screen because Orange County IMAX is an IMAX. Okay, great. Let's just get it done. Get it in the past. <laughs> get to the <laughs> opposite. Fuck this. Nailed it. Great. <laughs> I'm going in hostile, and I'll emerge converted. <laughs> and, uh, I just stayed, just sat there fuming for two hours and twenty minutes. You're not even going to give me anything. The R rating seemed. I mean, I I think you seem to when you when you're disappointed in a movie, I've noticed you say, "Oh, it just doesn't. It hasn't given me anything I haven't seen done better in other things." Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt here. Like none of the. There wasn't a single thing where I went. Oh, but what about the power drill scene from Equalizer? Like, it'll no one will ever go, dude. You got to see this one part in Equalizer because blank. Like, nothing in it stands head and shoulders over any other. Like, it's lamer than Assault on Precinct Thirteen either version. Yeah. All right. R wise and content wise, I don't know. Am I being well, too? Am I? There was one th- I did kind of like when he. Um, i can't remember if it was his first meeting with his adversary but he and the russian dude he just kind of walks into the restaurant like dirty harry kind of and goes hey i'm offering you a way out and the guy's all thank you and he's like you're welcome and then like hands him i kind of like his cash there oh i, I love that i actually really that was really my like favorite scene yeah yeah they were and both, both seem to be bringing it on like i kind of <laughs> believed the scene was actually happening yeah, 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 I agree with you. They're both professionals The dialogue wasn't bad in that part I thought, for me
1: I, I thought the dialogue was
2: funny I thought the I thought the. Um, it was like heat where you wait For Pacino and De Niro to get a scene together And then they only have that one scene <laughs> Right, yeah, that's true You're talking about <laughs> upstairs in the Russian club, right? Yeah, near the end Yeah, 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 no, near the end? No, oh, wasn't it? Like before the gunfight That went on longer than the Death Star Battle Oh, wait, are you talking oh. about
1: the, the very first time when when he basically it's revealed that he can do all this stuff? When he goes and he offers them the $9,800?
2: No, no, no. no. That, okay. or, what are you talking about? When he meets the Russian guy later. The Martin Sokas guy. Martin Sokas, thank you. Okay. That is a better mnemonic device. <laughs> the Russian guy. I apologize. <laughs> but Just say Celeborn. Wait, so you liked the first thing? Yeah, I loved that club scene. Ah, see, here's that the thing. Scene. Go ahead. Well, I, I, the trailer for this movie, I sat through, and it, it, it sort of turned me off, because it was really spoilery, and it kind of gave away that whole scene, too, in addition to the hold-up thing. Um, oh. So I went into that scene kind of like, all right, I know what's going to happen, and he's going to over.
0: What are you doing watching trailers? Because they make me. I What, i got to get up? Just- make,
2: who makes you watch that? Who does that? Oh, the Equalizer, Denzel Washington. Well... I'll just watch a little of it instead of Get Up. Kelly! What? For this? Come on. Wait. You know what? It's... That, that was one of the few pleasures of this movie for me.
1: That scene. Going in... But up until then, I don't know if, if this dude is just going to decide to become a vigilante and going to have to teach himself to do it, or if he's... Left, and, uh, left a previous life or I don't know what's going on and so when we get to that scene with the $9,800 and he does that weird thing with the, the, the three like glass skulls pointing them at people and then he goes up to the door and does that OCD, I'm going to shut the door three times and turns around and then Antoine Fuqua does this cool thing that he does through the movie of, of zooming in on the eyeball so that you see everything he sees and he times it I really like the way that played out um, cause I wasn't, I didn't know up until that point that he was going to be like super trained, badass dude that had left his life behind. I thought he was just going to be like regular guy who learns to shoot people. I had no idea where that was going. So not seeing the trailer, I had no idea where that Russian scene was going other than the fact that he can suddenly find his way into this Russian club, which totally throws me off kilter. Why does he walk in here when he walks into the upstairs of that Russian club? All I'm thinking is how did you get there? This doesn't make any sense. Did we skip a scene, and then, then they go, "Wait, what?" Yeah, and, and then sort of, and then the the way the scene plays out lays that in. I mean, much better than that silly tanker exploding, which makes no sense.
2: <sighs> I didn't get that either. I uh, really but the tanker, but the
1: Russian is Russians so was what? a very exciting scene for me, but, uh-huh.
2: but I saw the the trailer well, and ruined it for you. Yeah, because I okay, we'll see uh, the uh, trailer and the Mark Twain quote. I go I just assumed he was already planning when the movie started because I had already seen those things. So well then, then that's why you don't watch trailers. No, and then I thought Costco was just his cover and it's like he's that's his Bruce Wayne, he's just a Costco Bruce Wayne. And so he's already doing this, and it's just <laughs> like he's just taking a long time for strategic reasons. <sighs> Unlike the guest.
1: Wait, don't uh, watch trailers ever? No, I never watched tra- If it's a movie Wait. that I have a remote interest in seeing, I'm not going to watch
2: But how do you know if, if it's that kind of movie, though, till you've seen enough of the trailer to go, Oh, I better tune out. Like, they're already locked in. Like, you've already seen shots from it.
1: When in doubt, I will avoid it. Unless it's like, I don't know, you know, Kevin James and Grown Ups 2, in which case I'll get as much joy out of the trailer en- enough to carry me through not watching the movie. What about Annabelle? Do you watch that? Um, I don't even remember whether or not I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but even Keanu, even the Keanu Reeves, like, uh, Wick movie, whatever that is, Pickwick. John Wick. John Wick. I'm not going to watch addictions. that cause I love Keanu Reeves because of um, Constantine, <laughs> so I'm not going to watch that trailer. I mean uh, – uh, uh, He's one for 72. You're not going to watch the trailer? Uh, no, I'm not because uh, whatever joy I might get out of the movie, the trailer is going to rob me of that. So any, but, but anyway, mm. well, what I was going to ask you about because I don't I've think watched that it one. needs to Are be really? R – because I think that Antoine Fuga does such a great job of, of, I don't know how, quite how he does this, but we don't see a lot of stuff that happens in this movie.
2: Yeah, uh, we don't see the hammer,
1: right? That whole hammer thing is just—he uh, goes out, he sees the car, he gets the hammer, and then he goes and he puts the hammer back. And I, I kind of that kind of appeals to me, um, not just as a way to cheat into a PG thirteen, but, but. Because somehow the movie still has connected tissue for that um, while not showing us that whole thing in sort of a gratuitous way. Like him tracking down the guy, beating his head with a hammer, taking the ring back, putting it in the – it doesn't bother us with the procedures of that. It just lets us know uh, – it, it's very – I think it's very – for as long a movie as it is, it, it's not tasteful so much as um, – it's economical in editing at those points for as long and boring a movie as it is. And maybe that is, maybe that's actually a knock on it accidentally that I'm saying that it, it robs us of action scenes in in favor of things that are boring.
2: I liked when he did the thing with the corkscrew through the dude's mouth vertically. And then, (laughs) but then later he does it again with another at the end. But I think on the second one, is that the one where he goes to the guy understand, Oh I mean, yeah, to a dude yeah, yeah, after he stabs yeah. him in the mouth with the corkscrew. Understand? Question mark. That's mm-hmm. kind of good too. Right. Wait, wait, okay, wait. it's a good. That's good writing. Disregard what I said.
1: <laughs> I'm not gonna disregard what you said. Um, uh, what do you think of Dendel in this?
0: Eh,
2: he's playing the same guy he kind of always plays, uh, except in training day, where he plays a guy that he always plays, but with a creepier smile. But he's playing the two guns guy, who just kind of can walk into a, oh. a place where he's vastly outgunned, and it doesn't matter because the edits are such that it, you just he whips out a pistol, and then you cut to a guy getting shot through the heart with the submachine gun going off randomly. And so, I'm just assuming the it's like if they just shot it long shot, um, it'd be like a found footage movie. <laughs> you is know that? You that no,
1: it was not. But it makes no. it, oh, it's kind of funny to... because there's this weird drift up shot when they're in the home mart, where they get to the top of the the ceiling in this warehouse, and the camera is picking from behind one of those bubble cameras that are all over that are ubiquitous now. And from that point of view, I could see this totally being transistor- an
2: equalizer.
1: Yeah, an equalizer. Yeah. It, there's a lot of security cam stuff that it, this could have totally drifted into that, and it kind of made me think of, of the way End of Watch
2: plays with that, but this movie isn't quite clever enough to do that. I don't remember that. Yeah, at the Wait, very is that beginning. supposed to, like... It's supposed to go, see, this could happen in your city.
1: Cause... I don't know what it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to be Chekhov's bubble camera, but nothing really becomes of it other than that, that sequence in Home Mart at the end where the guy can see the security cameras and Denzel's... In- the doorway uh,
2: Melissa Leo hand him the file on a security camera
1: I don't think so no oh Uh, you know uh, until you said two guns all I can think of is how much better and more interested Denzel seems in this than he did in Safe House where he just seemed bored
2: out of his mind oh yeah that's another time where he's kind of playing the same dude who's the other guy Ryan Reynolds Ryan Reynolds right and he's awesome. That's, he's he's yeah. acting his ass off. I mean,
1: the safe house is, is fairly yeah. standard and, and pedestrian. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Denzel just sort of sleepwalks through it. but Brian Ryan, Reynolds out-acts him in that. Just yeah. working his tail off. And yeah. I'm, I am was just so impressed watching how hard he how hard he was trying and um, how much effort he was putting into it. I was just like, bless your heart. You were trying so hard. And, and plus that was coming off of, of you uh, having suggested we see Buried and how much I love that movie. Oh, yeah um and and i just couldn't be more pleased and i just was like why denzel why can't you at least rise to his his level
0: but maybe
2: at least he's
1: doing more here
2: he wasn't playing maybe the same kind of guy though like it was supposed to be like he was the hostage and ryan reynolds was supposed to maybe i'm not remembering the movie very well no he's a he's like he he does badass shit in it He's supposed
1: to be I mean they they capture him they waterboard him and he can stand it when nobody else in the world can um, he's supposed to be a super badass dude isn't he I mean he made so little impression that really I'm sort of talking out of my butt right now I't
2: but that movie had better action in it than I think um, equalizer does as a movie about people jumping over cargo containers. <laughs> In tracking shots, <laughs> I prefer right. when they did so in safe house. Okay, fair enough. is <laughs> this? I these cargo containers are Costco car like.
0: I don't it's want to see Costco. a in Costco. A, it's,
1: a, it's not Costco. It's a it's a hardware store. It's like Home Depot.
2: Is that from the oh. TV series? He works at a hardware store in the TV. Oh, series. it's like easy. every week. The hardware <laughs> store man gets a another ethnicity of gangster out of his hair.
1: Mm. Enough with the Russians already.
2: I know. Although I like that one dude who's like, "Fuck you, Russians! You're all insane!" And then he just like gets kicked in the face for twenty bucks. Oh, the oh, the Irish guy. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Irish-Russian rivalries. See, it's a race war. And I did. Rate. I did
1: kind of like um, David Harbor, uh, the the guy who's the the cop at the end who you know he he tricks by making him. Uh, breathe carbon monoxide i, I like that guy because um, yeah, <laughs> he I tricks um that's a tricky
2: plays on him He oh i see <laughs> in your uh,
1: in your office i love that. I think how dumb i was so. no i'm not laughing i, am, I think it was great no, I, I i just remember the guy from from this show news the newsroom or newsroom um which is jeff a, Aaron Sorkin. yeah jeff daniels and he's like the, one of the on-air talents and i like that guy um and i like what he does here i mean i think it's
2: yeah i believed he was breathing carbon monoxide i didn't see so, that when you're breathing carbon monoxide i don't think
1: i think you don't know it
2: yeah you're not supposed to see it
1: well one of the things about
2: breathing carbon monoxide is that yeah. it just, it's like, that's just it <laughs> you, you know. uh but anyway happens instantly. like he he does it for a couple seconds and then okay it goes okay i'll be back and then the next scene is he's gotten a guy to lead him into a warehouse where he kills everybody Right. So it's like, that guy could have gone, hey, Denzel Washington, you may notice he's got a gun on me, or something. Like, how do you trick him that deeply? Was he still tweaked from the monoxide? Uh, I... Like yeah, camera. I think so. I think he, I think he was just... just uh, we're supposed to believe
1: that, you know, his uh, his torture techniques just worked to that extent.
2: Alright, well, alright, right. enough with the monoxide. I'll drive you across town for three hours, go into the warehouse... He passed everyone because he's got his wits about him, it looks like, in that scene. Right. Like, he was acting like someone would act if you had hostages. Like, okay, you just got to do what I say. Like, I I can have my hands in my pockets because you can't do anything. Like, Denzel was that cash about it. See, I didn't like his cash in that part. I only liked it in the part he didn't like, didn't remember. (laughs) Dealing with Russian. That part's great, cash. Dingus. Don't you see?
1: so your favorite, my favorite part is the early ninety eight hundred, uh, him entering the room. Your favorite part is the late cash. Right. And so, so our takeaway Let's is that off. we had we had two favorite parts of this movie, but basically,
2: eh. I don't think I've ever said cash by the way until this podcast. So I just want to be not known as the cash. <laughs> well, too late now. Guy who says that all the time? I say I run other things into the ground, but not that you won't hear it again. <laughs> so, but although this is an origin story.
1: Uh, and fair enough. Uh, doing an origin story when we have for the for the first time do a, a podcast uh, just the two of us. So fair enough. Uh, speaking of which, uh, I think we've uh, we've said covered the equalizer
2: as long as the equalizer. Yeah, uh, I right. think we've said all we're going to say about the equalizer, don't you? Yeah, I think we said all we needed to say about the equalizer before we started taping. <laughs> Probably just between us.
1: So uh, so anyway, um, uh, I just want to say. Um, uh it's really really weird and difficult to do this without Tom. Yeah. I if I had to do it with anybody I'd just pleased as I'll get out that I get to do it with you and that I get to be the first person uh to hear the uh equalizer opsist. So thank you very much, Kelly Mond. Well done uh thank you to uh, our awesome listeners for sticking with us uh with this uh we really appreciate your patience uh this is kind of going to be bumpy for a little bit here um did you
2: just say our other two listeners
1: yeah our other i said our listeners not our other two, Oh, cuz i was going to say besides you too okay yeah well now we have an extra one cuz right. uh, presumably tom will hear this um also Yeah, I'll say. Yeah, you can say that again. Um, If you feel like saying something, you can always email us at our uh, 3x3 at uh, quarterto3.com address. Um, And uh, so, uh, as always, uh, uh, join us next week uh, as Kelly Wand and I discuss what we'll be discussing. Kelly, do you remember? Something in August july, cool in july. Cold, in cold, july. Uh, cold in july cold in july cold in july cold in july this is uh this is specifically at the request of tom chick uh, and the reason we're doing it is that it is available on dvd and we do not want to see annabelle nor are we particularly interested in going to see gone girl so uh uh, I've got, I've had at least two friends, very, very good friends who have requested or suggested that I see this movie. I'm excited to see it. We'll see how it pans out. So we'll please join us next week as Kelly and I discuss cold in July and is available on DVD. Um, uh, this has been the Quarter to Three Movie Podcast. The three x three feature will return soon. Tom Chick will return soon as well. I am Christian Moroski, and I have been joined by the inimitable uh, Kelly Wand.
0: Bye. I look at you and all I wanna do is just disappear.
1: Oh. I got a craving for you baby Can we get out of
0: here Oh You're a sexy machine You're a Hollywood dream And you got me feeling like a homecoming queen
1: Let's drop out of this crowd Somewhere no one's allowed
2: I want you Yes, that's the theme song from Vortex of Love <laughs> Fly it today Catch the wave